0: You, me and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. It's time for the sports mix on Talk Radio WR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with
1: Spencer Dupuy and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Friday. July 8th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Colin and Spencer hanging out with you. Nick on vacation for the next week, and Avery Newport decided to come in today and hang out with us, as well as a show sponsored in part by Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned, full-service funeral home, proudly serving our area since 1880. And, Colin, I found it. I found the long-lost intro of Spencer and Colin.
2: It has been a while since... uh. We've had to use that. I think it was probably just the uh, month where you were here, starting the show before Nick officially joined. No,
1: well, no, no, because we didn't start the show till Nick got here. Okay, but I'm saying I had them built last year, just never used it. And yeah, I had the one for you and Nick built as well, and I just forgot they were in there because I never put them in the library because at the time we'd never needed them, but they were built. Yeah,
2: we needed that when you were at Myrtle Beach and no Outer Banks, them. Outer Banks, close enough. Don't go
1: to the Don't go to Myrtle Beach. For pleasure. All right. Well, for Legion. Business? For business, we do go there for business. I, I will go there for business, but not, not for pleasure. Uh, I prefer uh, the Outer Banks a little, little less hectic, less... I, I just It's a lot quieter, I feel like. Depends on where you go, I feel like. But. No? You've ever been to the Outer Banks? I don't think so, actually. Then, yeah. The Outer Banks is just... It's not the hustle and bustle. I don't... There's no boardwalk. There's no, uh, whatever. What's that place called? Emerald Beach.
2: Where, near where we were, Broadway at the beach. Yeah, Broadway
1: at the beach. It's kind of just like you go there. There's some restaurants, there's some stores. That's really it. And then you go to the beach. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, but we've got some post 14 action. We'll be on the road with them this weekend. Uh, they have a doubleheader Sunday at Hampshire High School and, in Romney, West Virginia. First game will be against Potomac Valley post sixty four. Ten A. M. We won't have that game for you, but we'll have the twelve thirty matchup versus Kingwood post fifty six. And then Wednesday, uh playing that Potomac Valley game there at ten A.M. makes uh the double header that was originally scheduled for Wednesday. Just a single game at P. L. Faulkner Park. It'll be a seven PM game. We'll have that for you. Six forty pregame and uh then they'll be away for three games at Kingwood Post 56 next Friday. And then they'll be at the uh, JB Chambers I-470 uh complex. And they'll be playing Wheeling Post One and Post 45, uh to round out the regular season. Uh, and then this game time or our airtime for Sunday still kinda to be determined is up in the air. It depends on when that first game ends. And uh you can get lineups and stuff prior to uh the the game against Kingwood at 1230 could be pushed back to one who knows it'll just depend on how the game goes prior to it going
2: looking forward to it uh didn't get to see any of the post-14 games uh This week, due to Little League, and then I was out all last week uh, vacation-wise, so I missed it as well. But they're playing some great baseball as of late, so looking forward to see how they do uh, there in the two games. We'll be setting up during the first, so still keep an eye on how that one goes. And then getting to broadcast that second game uh, should be competitive, and even though we won't have that first game for you, it's the same team that they play on Wednesday, so you'll still get to see that matchup
1: you definitely will and again game time set for twelve thirty. air time to be determined depends on game one unfortunately we will as i just said not broadcast that game but 15 and 6 are the post 14 hornets and uh trip tobin been on vacation this week but for the most part i think he's been uh, happy the way that they've played these last three ball games that he's been on vacation just looking at some numbers they got two guys hitting 40 uh 444 on the season uh jack Reisenweber. And Landon Siffert. Jack Weisenre- Weisenre- Weisen- Reisen- Weber, excuse me. Got all those <laughs> the R's and the W's, up. man. Yes. They, they get uh, you. He has an on base plus slugging of 1252. That is That's crazy. True, That's pretty good. Slugging percentage of 722. He's got 24 hits on the season, three triples and a homer, 19 RBIs. Uh, Colin Reed leads the team in RBIs. He's hitting 400 on the season and an OPS of 1050. Uh 24 hits for him and a homer with those 23 RBIs, and then Kamian Gonzalez, who, as Trip told us last Sunday, is actually in the transfer portal. He's hitting 443 in 74, excuse me, 70 plate or at bats, and he has a 1087 OPS with 31 hits, two triples, and a homer and 15 RBIs, 14 RBIs for Chase Herndon in. 58 at bats hitting 276 and he has 16 hits with 12 for singles three for doubles and one for a triple um yeah just a lot of good stats here Blake Hart Bla- Baden Hartman excuse me hitting 404 on the season an 889 or an 8, eight, excuse me 889 on base plus slugging percentage he's got 10 RBI 17 runs and uh we'll go in now to the pitching stats um, in innings pitch trevor bohr leading the way he's uh started four games played in eight games he's got a three and0 record 25 hits allowed nine runs five earned seven walks 22 strikeouts with a 1.18 era and D- Dylan Stevens another those two guys muscleman guys 22 and a third innings he has a two and one record 20 hits allowed nine runs eight earned 9 walks, 30 strikeouts with a 2.5 ERA. Jackson Ruest in 16 in the third innings is 1-0 with 20 strikeouts, 8 walks for a 1.71 ERA. And a lot of these guys on this team looking good hitting or pitching wise after having solid high school seasons. Getting a, you know, a couple of weeks off there but to pitch great in high school season and in summer and not really have any hiccups just goes to show how good these players are.
3: Yeah, and it also says something too that you know these are American Legion teams. These are made up of all-star players. You know these are some of the best players in their respective areas and regions. So that you know these are these are really good competitive teams. We're you not know, we're not talking about you know, uh, I, you know these are good teams. My, my point is is that these are not teams that you can just forget about and not have to play your best game to beat them. You know so. It's really impressive. I, I think Tripp has done a great job of putting together a good team that is competitive night in and night out, and uh, is outright dominant in some games. I mean, the game that that uh, you know, you guys did you and and Aaron Byler, Spencer, they look good. They they look good when Nick and I were on the call with them a couple weeks ago too. So, you know, they've they've shown that they can beat really good competition with their pitching and especially their hitting. I mean, their offense is. Off the charts, really, and I think it it helps too having those two guys, Jack Reisenweber and Camián González, who have that college experience, who've seen college pitching before, and can use that experience to to help this post fourteen team out.
2: And, and I know they this really week on this show, sorry Spencer, yeah. that you've mentioned Camián González. Enter uh, the transfer portal there collegiately, but I don't know if you've mentioned the fact that uh, one of the schools that were rumored that he might be looking at is right across uh, 15 minutes away in Shepherd. So how awesome would that be if we get to see a guy with his talent like we've been seeing here for post-14 eventually be in that starting lineup uh, for Shepherd on a daily basis?
1: Yeah, uh, according to Trip, last Sunday, he is in the portal, and he has an offer on the table from Shepard and Garrett, which I believe Garrett is the same place that um. – who is it? Who's going there? Somebody is going to pitch at Garrett. Um, sh- 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 Caleb Edwards, right? It's in Caleb Callow- Edwards? I don't know. Bishop, I think Caleb Edwards is going there. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty interesting that he's in the portal, and he's played extremely well in summer ball so far to – potentially get a scholarship to go somewhere you know get looks to go play baseball or you know be able to transfer to a decent program
3: yeah that's one of the you know benefits of of playing in the summer is that it's kind of a showcase really to uh you know show your talents to interested programs you know that's i mean we we've talked about it a number of times before on the show how the transfer portal has really changed college athletics and you know i think for the most part, it's done a really good thing for the players in that it allows the players to kind of, you know, see what their options are. And if something doesn't work for them at, at one school, they can try their, their options at another school. And I think Gonzalez has taken a really good situation here by joining this post 14 team and playing as well as he is because now, you know, any potentially interested teams can see this is what you're going to be getting right now. You know, this is a guy that come February, March, April when the college season starts, like this is the kind of quality player that you're gonna be getting, a guy who can hit four hundred, you know, against fellow all star players and uh and be one of the best, if not the best, player on the field whenever he's out there. So yeah, I mean, I, I think playing on this post fourteen team gives him a really good way to showcase his skills to other interested programs. And um, you know, that that's a plus for him, obviously. Hopefully he ends up at a school that'll that'll fit his needs. And, uh, you know, it'll be a good situation for him going forward. But I would really love to see him at Shepherd because I know that the Rams would, would certainly find a, a role for him. And uh, if he does go there, he might also have uh, one of his post-14 teammates right now in Braden Stottlemyre.
1: I believe, too. Somebody else is going there, and now I can't remember who it is.
3: But either way, I mean, if he goes there, then he might have a couple of teammates that he's playing with right now. <laughs> Why is this name escaping me?
1: Who's the other player on post-14 going to Shepard to play baseball? Uh, I don't know, but we'll
2: probably get told here soon by a trip or somebody that might be tuned in. I just yeah, can't like remember who it is. Now I feel
1: so bad. But I do know somebody else on this post-14 team is uh, going to play at Shepard next year. Um, but one one thing I wanted to point out is, you know, you see in baseball, especially in summer league when, you know, you're playing different teams in different areas and you know in this area in west virginia in the eastern panhandle you're able to play virginia teams you're able to play some west virginia teams you're able to play maryland teams and pennsylvania teams so that really helps your exposure uh but they haven't really ever been out of a game oh yeah this season no matter what they've never really been out of the game out of a game and they never really gotten hammered in a game sometimes you just have an off game as a team but for the most part they've never really gotten hammered i think they've only given up eight or more runs three times and they've won uh they won one of those games and they lost 14 to 10 to garrett and then they lost let me find the other score they won 11 to 8 against uh american legion post 15 from
3: parkersburg and then
2: i think it was 11 eight as well for the leesburg game
3: yeah, so whenever they lose, they lose in high-scoring offensive battles, which makes sense given that their offensive numbers are off the charts for the most part. But, you know... It was 8-6, yeah. Okay. So they, they've only given up three times. Leesburg, a very good
1: team that they came back and battled again, only lost 4-3. But they've never really... Felt like like from looking at these scores and you know having talked to, to-, to uh, manager Tobin and and you know been at some of these games, they've never felt like I've never felt like they've been out of a game, and that's always a good thing because as you know we've put it and Aaron Byler's put it and Trips put it before, this is basically an EPAC All Star team.
3: Yeah, it shows that the players in this area are really talented, and when you put a whole team of them together, they're forced to be reckoned with. You know they can compete and they can mostly win and dominate against other teams that are similar to them. And yeah, I, I think that just speaks to the talent in the area. And I think it speaks to what Tripp has done as a manager, putting this team together and making the right decisions to to keep them alive in every game they play. You know, it, it's really it's a combination of factors. You know, talent can only do so much for you, but it really comes down to the manager and the decision he makes and, you know, how that impacts the rest of the team uh, I think it all kind of comes together. All of them play an equal part, but um, you know the, the talent on this level, or on this team, I, uh, I should say, is really off the charts. You know they've they've done super well all year, and uh, they've got a, a tough schedule coming up. So we'll we'll see how they finish this thing out and before we hit the break want to
1: talk about the martinsburg blue Sox. they defeated potomac valley american legion post 64 on wednesday night three to two Steven summers tripled in the tying run in the eighth inning and then scored on a wild pitch trevor sharp pitched four and a third of shutout ball and ross carpenter got the win um i get more into this blue Sox team haven't been able to see things but i've been now in contact with their manager uh scott jenkins so I'm going to try to get them on the show next week. Need to just carve out some time to go through and figure things out with this Blue Sox team. But uh, they're also a team here in the area.
2: Yeah, 5-4 and four, uh, right now, I think, is what I saw there on the journal article for uh, the Blue Sox record. So they're playing some pretty good baseball right now as well.
1: Yes, they are, and that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, sponsored in part by Parsons Ford. Camp Parsons Ford in Martinsburg, we became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more on the other side of this break. uh, We talked yesterday about WVU football putting four players on the preseason All-Big 12 team. Well... They've announced the Big 12 preseason poll. We'll get into that and uh, some NFL topics regarding the Commanders. And after this two-minute break, you're tuned to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10.
3: This
4: is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a new or used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are, and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, No dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details are you a local business here in the
1: eastern panhandle trying to expand your customer base well you've come to the right place because us here at talk radio wrnr and tv 10 have many options for you our two daily shows garner two different audiences from 8 to 10 a.m it's the eastern panhandle talk with rob mario and from 12 to 1 it's the sports mix with spencer nick and colin in the evenings we'll cover eastern panhandle athletic conference sports as well as shepherd sports and on the weekends we cover local events as well call us at 304-263-6586 to learn more about how our advertising packages can make your businesses boom and tell them spencer sent you For the first time ever on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, we'll have the thrilling action of the Little League Baseball State Tournament.
4: Hit on the ground. Spears to
1: Hefner and Jefferson is headed back to the state tournament. Join us July 15th through the 20th for our coverage of the area teams live from Moatsdale Park. Right here on your Eastern Panhandle Sports Leader, 106.5 FM, AM 740 and Comcast Channel 10. Welcome back to this Friday, July 8th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer Pui, Colin McLaughlin, and Avery Newport hanging out with you, Nick, on his vacation. He's going to go catch a game at Fenway Park on Sunday night. Sunday night baseball, Yankees and Red Sox. That'll be a one to see. Oh, yeah. I'm jealous of him. It's the rivalry. I've always always wanted to go to a Red Sox-Yankees game. Even though I have no hand in the fight like he doesn't either. But that's just one of those places. Like, you want to see them both at Fenway Park and Yankee Stadium. That's just something you want to cross off your list as a baseball fan.
3: Yeah, just as a sports fan in general. I mean, you could argue that Yankees-Red Sox is the sports rivalry in North American sports. You know, like, it's a bucket list item for anybody who likes, you know, watching sports and... Going to Fenway, I mean the the history in that building. I've been to Fenway a few times. I've, I've seen been a few once. games there. It's great, you know. It like, is it's about such six cool years venue. ago. Yeah, it's
1: definitely really
3: cool. Absolutely, Gotta I wish be. I would have gotten the tour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that and Wrigley. Those are the two I was places.
1: In left center field, uh, probably about eight sections over from the wall.
3: Nice. Yeah. Cool.
1: But it's definitely just a great area. Like just the
3: area around the ballpark. Like it feels like I was back. Yeah. I feel like I was back in retro times. Super historic, yeah. you know. Like I've I've been to Fenway a bunch of times, but I'd love to go to Wrigley. Those are the two ballparks that just have all the history. Yeah, there. Wrigley. I got Wrigley on the list, and I got Yankee Stadium on the list. Yeah. Uh, I think that's about it. I don't know but if I can bring myself to go to Yankee Stadium. I <laughs> went that to would old really Yankee take, and New Yankee. That would really take stuff. a uh, lot of you know. I'd have to do some soul searching before I could go to Yankee Stadium.
1: All right, well, let's get back on topic here today. Uh, the Big 12 release of 2022 football season preseason poll uh, goes like this Number one with 17 first place votes, Baylor. Number two with 12 first place votes, Oklahoma. Number three with nine first place votes, Oklahoma State. Number four with two first place votes, Texas. And number four, or I already said that. Number five, Kansas State. Number six, Iowa State. Number seven, TCU. Number eight, West Virginia. Number nine, Texas Tech, and number ten, Kansas. West Virginia coming off that six and seven season in twenty twenty one, believe they were picked up in the top five last year. They're now picked eighth in uh in the Big Twelve preseason Paul Colin.
2: Yeah, it's interesting uh, to see them selected there at eighth when looking at the uh, roster it seems like they finally have figured out where they're going to go with a uh, quarterback which was the largest question mark last year and it seemed like the big disaster for the team last year was that who was supposed to be starting that week and even in the game it seemed like they'd always go back and forth between who was going to be the starting quarterback but now this year it seems like JT Daniels is going to be that leader for the Mountaineers. So I think that unlike last year, they're actually going to be better than what they're expected to be. And I think more realistically, fifth, maybe even fourth or higher is where I'd see WVU ending up in the Big 12 poll. I don't know about that. I think,
1: I think eighth is a solid spot for them, where they were last year. You're not going to get a good ranking unless like, you have... A ton. Of I mean, v- preseason uh, yeah. wise,
2: it's understandable. But I'm saying, when we ultimately see the end of this season, yeah, that WVU is probably fourth. Or
1: I was. Higher. I would say top five. I would give them four or five spot. But I think, like as as I was kind of saying, was if you see a preseason poll, you see a team go like they did last year, and then they just add a quarterback and their quarterback left and whatnot. But I think that for the preseason poll. That is a good spot for a team that was 6-7 and seven last year.
3: Yeah, I mean, going off of last year's record, I I guess it makes sense, but... Didn't Texas have a worse record last year, though? Yeah, well, you know, Texas has got all this hype now because they they're the, a... the home of Arch Manning and... Uh, Will, the Futural. two seasons away. True, true, but Quinn Ewers is there, so, you know, he'll probably... He, is he going to start this year, do you think, for Texas? I don't know. I don't
1: know, but they do... Uh, you know they have that. Don't they have the number one recruiting class in the SEC? Or not? I mean, excuse me, Big Twelve. Well, eventually in the SEC, in, the, in, the SEC in a couple years.
3: Yeah, I feel like somebody's got to make the point too that this is going to be one of the final seasons of the Big Twelve as we know it. You know, in in a couple of years, the conference it's the could Big look Twelve very with different. ten teams. Yeah, well, you know, it's been like that. It's been that way for a while now. Yeah, I
1: know, but, but I'm saying the Big Twelve. I feel like the Big Twelve as we knew it was twelve teams.
3: Yeah, but you know, I mean. Texas and Oklahoma are on their way out, and um, it's not exactly clear if they're going to be gone by next year or by twenty twenty five. But either way, like this is one of the final seasons of the Big Twelve, and uh, who knows where West Virginia could even be in a couple years? Who knows where the conference is going to be? It's going to be really different, and I think it's just it's kind of surreal, honestly, looking through the the preseason poll and seeing all these teams knowing that this league is not going to look like this in a couple years and you're going to have BYU and Memphis and Cincinnati all joining these teams, it's just, I don't know, we're in like a weird limbo state almost Mm -hmm. of like we know all these changes are coming, we know they're happening, but they haven't happened yet. You know, all these schools have made these announcements that they're leaving and that all these changes in these conferences are inevitable at this point, but they just haven't happened. You know, it takes a couple years to transition like that. So we're just kind of in the state where we know these things are happening, but the moves actually haven't happened yet. So, you know, I don't know. It's just weird. Like, do you guys get that same kind of yeah. feeling? Like, it's just, how do you even approach this? You know, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Do you just treat it normally? Like, yeah. none of these changes have happened yet, so therefore we're just gonna keep, keep on keeping on. Or I don't I know. Don't know.
2: I, I feel like for the teams like West Virginia, looking at Texas and Oklahoma. Especially Oklahoma, who you haven't beaten the conference, it gives you added motivation to finally beat them, get that last laugh.
3: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, so. and
1: I think you know, like college football realignment is obviously something that is going to keep happening and happening and happening. And you know, uh, yesterday I was listening to an interview, uh, Paul Swan, who Nick and I interned for back in Huntington. We've had him on the show before to talk about Marshall's move to the Sun Belt when that was announced back in twenty, the end of twenty twenty one. Um, he had with Mar, or, yeah, with Marshall now being in the Sun Belt for a week after last week the he officially the official start dive, a start yeah. date of July one. Yep. Uh, he had Sun Belt Commissioner Keith Gill on yesterday, and he had not talked to him since he had come to Huntington, and he they had a little side session questions and answers with him, and he you know then to now we're back in realignment talk yeah and he had a good answer to a question and he was like obviously it's all about the college football playoff yeah and that's what realignment is about and if you can expand the college football playoff then you make more teams happy and as Sunbelt that's what we want to see is eventually this the college football playoff being expanded Because
2: yeah, if that doesn't happen Marshall has zero chance of ever getting there
1: yeah and same with a bunch of other teams. But that's why, you you know, you, you will eventually see some of these teams move up. Like the Pac-12 discussion talk is who replaces USC and UCLA. Well, Pac-12, I mean, San Diego State, you know, yeah, somebody like that. Like... I'm saying somebody like that. So those are the group of five teams jumping up to technically, I guess you'd call it Pac-12 is a power five or at the, you know.
3: Yeah, but it I is think...
1: labeled as a power five conference. So in a way, you obviously want the college football playoff expansion or else it's just going to go to crap.
3: Right. Yeah, I, I understand that point. But I think from the Pac-12's perspective, you're losing your two biggest brands, yeah. right, in USC and UCLA. I I mean, no disrespect whatsoever to Boise State or San Diego State or Colorado State or any of those Mountain West programs. But it's, an, it's, it's the truth that they are just not – On the level that USC and UCLA are in terms of brand power and association, you know, and I feel like as a league, it would make more sense for the Pac-12 to talk to some of the other Big 12 programs or maybe even the ACC and talk about seeing what they can do to maybe merge their leagues or try something like that, because if you want to keep your power five status it's not going to work if you include San Diego State and Boise State in your league, you know. Those are fine programs, and I mean no disrespect towards them, but they just don't have the prestige that USC and UCLA have. And Oh, 100%. And if yeah. you go if you go with other if you go with Oklahoma State or Baylor or Kansas State or, you know, pretty solid Big 12 programs, I think you're in a better spot as a league than going with Mountain West programs. I think that's
2: what everybody was thinking at the same part when Oklahoma and Texas announced that they were leaving and Big 12 was going to add Houston, BYU, Memphis, and Cincinnati. And everybody's like, those four schools are nowhere close to the caliber, the history, and the program prestige that's Texas and Oklahoma. But I think it would be smart. I agree with you, Avery, that if... It was Pac-12, Big 12 need to combine. And then you got the Big Ten, ACC, SEC. Those are your power four conferences, excuse me. And most likely, if that's the case, if that happens, though, I think that we're only going to see a four-team playoff for the rest of history in the NCAA. All the smaller schools will never have a chance. And I wouldn't be surprised if they dismember from the NCA make their own thing and we see a playoff of their own and that not only hurts football but that's gonna hurt the big dance and basketball and so many other things that we cherish as fans
3: yeah you know I, I'm I know we're we got to move on to the next thing so I'll make this quick but I feel my stance on realignment is that if you're gonna make these huge changes like this if brands are gonna move to entirely different conferences, then I feel like you gotta scrap everything. Get rid of conferences, get rid of bowl games. You have the top sixty plus programs in America in terms of how much revenue their athletic department generates. And you make them division one, right? You make them division one because they can offer the most in NIL deals, they can offer the most to, to the best prospective athletes coming in. So you make them their own kind of separate tier, and everybody else can compete on another level. And then those sixty teams, or however many you want to put in there, that's Division One. They can play each other. They can play on a national scale. They can compete for national championships. Get rid of bowl games, you know. the playoffs that's going
2: to ruin this sport because coming with all those national things comes national coverage. True. So who is going to ever look at any of those either. other sixty schools now?
3: True, but yeah. that's the way the sport is moving, is it not? I mean, you're going to have, and it's sad. It's the same kind of thing anyway. You're going to have two conferences with 25 teams, and that it's those two conferences are going to make up. Yeah, the conferences most of are going to have football.
2: conferences within right. them.
3: They're going to have their own power, and it's going to be the same anyway as if you just got rid of conferences and had all those teams playing each other in the first place. That's my point. Is that this is the direction the sport is heading? We're going to get to a place in the very near future, where we're going to have two conferences, essentially, the SEC and the Big Ten, that are going to run the sport and that are going to have all the power programs in their conferences. You'll have
2: more playoffs. It'll just be for the conference before those conferences go up against each other.
3: Yeah, and it's not going to be a level playing field. So my thinking is just scrap the whole thing. Start over. Start from scratch. Because if you're going to make such monumental changes, you can't just make them to the conferences you got to make it to the whole sport in general i think you got to get rid of conferences have all the 60 best revenue generating programs in one separate tier because that's essentially where we're heading anyway you know
1: this is a good unexpected topic on i know i show. like this this is cool got uh, some getting deep here. that's that's kind of why i wanted to have you on today is because we really haven't gotten you know your uh, were you on last friday uh, I, I was think, on last week. Some did point. you talk about remember. realignment after UCLA-USC? Yeah, but it was
3: very brief. We That's right. Yeah, yeah, so I yeah. wanted
1: to kind of get into that, but that wasn't on there. But, you know, that was such a great segment in itself. Uh, we're just going to cut the segment here, and then we come back uh, just so we get that commercial break in, and we'll talk NFL. Dan Snyder could possibly testify uh, next in the on the 28th or 29th to talk about that. RFK Stadium was on fire, multiple fires the other day. Uh, D.C. has finally made a decision. Uh, capitals make a big trade during the NHL draft, or the night after the first round of the NHL draft. We'll talk about that and much more when we come back after this two-minute break. Segment sponsored in part by Orsini's Home Store. Not just a supply store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, is family-owned and operated. Located right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hackless Way or Orsini's.com. We'll be back in two minutes. up front of the sun, but this <laughs>
4: An important community announcement concerning COVID-19 testing. Beginning June 18th, the drive-through COVID-19 testing site on the WVU Medicine Berkeley Medical Center campus will be closed. New walk-in COVID-19 community testing sites will be available instead at all three WVU Medicine urgent care locations in Charlestown, Inwood, and Spring Mills, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Tests require a physician's order for symptomatic patients. Results available in 24 hours on WVU MyChart accounts. No appointment necessary.
2: At Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths, we ensure your home is both beautiful and functional.
3: We've been taking care of our neighbors for over
2: 25 years.
0: We specialize in kitchen and bathroom remodeling from start to finish, from design until installation. Whether it's countertops, cabinets, backsplashes, or full baths, we've got you covered.
1: Custom work done with care. We are Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths.
0: Panhandle Printing and Design is your full-service local print shop.
4: With over 50 years of combined experience, we know how to handle all of your printing and design needs.
0: We can handle anything, from small business cards to wrapping large vehicles. Our in-house design team can do it all. As a staple of this community, we love helping people promote their events, businesses, and anything they're passionate about. Envision, create, and bring your ideas to life with Panhandle Printing and Design. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and
1: TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix for your Friday, July 8, 2022. Uh, Such a great segment last time as we talked uh, the Big 12 preseason poll and somehow got into college football realignment, Uh, had planned to talk NFL and the Commanders and former Commander Stadium in that segment, but uh, didn't have a chance timing-wise, just decided we'd hit the break. Uh, We get the news yesterday afternoon. Washington Commanders owner Daniel Snyder has offered to testify via video before the House Oversight Committee in July in a letter sent uh, to... Congress, or excuse me, Chairwoman Carolyn Maloney on Thursday, but his as his attorney stated, they have yet to hear from the committee for, about the dates they submitted in the letter obtained by ESPN Snyder's attorney, Karen Patton Seymour. Told Maloney that she had not heard from the committee since a June 30th phone call to discuss Snyder's conflicts on the proposed dates for deposition. The committee had offered for Snyder to be interviewed remotely on July 6th or 8th. The committee had offered for Snyder to be interviewed remote. Or I said, excuse me, according to the letter, Seymour wrote that she offered July 28th or 29th and the House will be in session until July 29th and they will be off all of August. But this is a big development because... Uh, He wouldn't initially. They left a the seat there trying to be petty for him. And they had a cue card with his name on it, a water, a pen, and a piece of paper or something like that, kind of as a joke. Then uh, about an hour or so, less than that, maybe even 20, 30 minutes into it, they subpoenaed him to come to a hearing that was supposed to be last, I guess it was this week. Was it this week?
2: I think that's what the uh, option was for him to... Go virtually there on the sixth or the eighth, if I'm correct. That's probably why they give him that option. And then he option declined was it. Of the subpoena,
1: and then now it's, he's going to apparently do it. But how much well, will we he, get from it?
2: As I've said multiple times about this whole situation, he knows how to play the game in this scenario to try to get him out of it as much as possible. Even though he's now trying to make him look a little better by saying, "Hey." I'm available here, but it's the final day that they're in session. So it's the
1: day before the final and the final day.
2: But still, there's so many other things that they most likely will want to do rather than focus on the Dan Snyder situation on those final two days. So he, I think, knew that, and that's why he gave them those days. And he's hoping that if they say no, it kind of just – goes away during that time in august where they're not in session
3: yeah it's very convenient that you know he was not available any of the other times he was uh requested to come in and testify because he just so happened to be out of the country for business affairs i was really
2: whatever. hoping to see his yacht and i just missed it
3: yeah, the, the Twitter account about his yacht, you know? <laughs> I, where I did. It was he was literally the on the yeah.
2: islands that I was on, Spencer. Oh, wow. wow. We yeah, like, insider I, whenever, source Man. during my uh, vacation, the first uh, island that we went to, I'm trying to remember what it was, but it's owned by a, uh, it's a Spain island, I believe. And then, whenever we went to the French Riviera, which is where he was at first yeah, yeah, like they said you could have been a field
3: reporter you could have gotten he the, went to the, the other
2: island that we were on wow. at the start of the trip hmm. so he probably passed us or something in the
1: night but Missed it would have been interesting man. to see well, the yacht his, his, his yacht is still the off the coast of Sardinia yeah now when was that posted what was that it was 3 hours ago oh wow but three other billionaires are in the same cove uh, so he may have made three new friends. It's
3: the billionaire or hideout. If uh, they have to go, if they're being subpoenaed by the government, this Twitter
1: can... account is hilarious. Yeah. So
3: did
2: you just follow it on a Twitter
3: account? Because there's actually a
2: website
1: that you can yeah you track have to. I think that's to pay how they originally
2: that. followed him. No, that's how I tracked oh. him during my vacation. There's, there's a, is a Twitter a
1: account at Dan Steiner's yacht website, which is inspired by the is it like Elon flight tracker website? Yeah, it's like the see... Elon Jet Tracker that okay. they had yeah. some. Uh, but there's a this.
2: website that actually tracks all of the. Like registered. yeah, you just need so the name of the boat. In the name of the
1: boat, the Lady S, I believe, is yep. the name of his yacht. Yes. Nice, um, but yeah, I just thought that was funny. But
3: yeah, I mean, I I doubt if he does end up testifying then that he'll say anything noteworthy. I mean, again, the guy is, I'm sure he's getting very strong advice from his legal team to, um, you know, use his Fifth Amendment privileges or something, because again, like that's it's not going to go well for him no matter what he says really uh the evidence is pretty clearly stacked against him at this point and i think these are pretty obvious evasive tactics that he's been using to try and avoid uh having to go and testify you know like he's out of the country on business deals well you know why'd you have to do that then (laughs) why'd you have to do that right now when there's an ongoing investigation about your workplace culture going on you know i think that's pretty strategic that uh you know he, he planned that out for for a reason and you know i i just i don't think it'll really accomplish much i think the evidence is already out there and it's already been proven for the most part you know there have been other employees that have worked for washington that have testified that have uh, said what a terrible workplace environment it was and specifically Dan Snyder's involvement in said workplace misconduct so I don't think he's really going to provide all that much um when he will if he, he actually really speak, ever what well, will he actually say yeah he'll, exactly
1: his lawyer will probably tell him not to say anything yep he'll just be there as a spearhead he'll just stand he'll just sit in the camera view
3: and he'll just go so he'll he just say he yeah everything you know He's he you know he's been subpoenaed before, so he's gonna go. So you know he he says he's he's been there you know, and that's really gonna be the end of it. I think I don't think it's really gonna accomplish all that much. It probably
1: will not accomplish all that month much. But the one of the former home for the then Redskins before FedEx Field was built in the '90s, RFK Memorial Stadium uh, was once home to. The Nationals, when they first came to Washington, and then the D.C. United until 2018 when Audi Stadium was completed right near Nats Park, uh, it caught fire on, uh, I guess, what this, uh, July 5th, Tuesday or Wednesday, July 5th or 6th in the afternoon, multiple fires uh, caught fire in the basement of rfk stadium smoke was seen billowing out of the dugouts that are still there from when the national when they had to build them for the nationals um and we just get word here yesterday afternoon uh, days after two fires were found inside RFK Stadium, DC's Convention and Sports Authority Events DC gives gave an update about it in a tweet, and they said, "quote We are grateful for the swift response of DC Fire and EMS in responding to the two to two small localized fires at RFK Stadium yesterday evening." This was published on the sixth, uh, and they thanked them for that. Their security they've been handed back over, uh, but then the last paragraph says, regarding the stadium demolition, the process concerning the. Uh, abatement of hazardous materials has begun and will take several months demolition of major structural components will be completed by the end of 2023 uh when this happened i saw a bunch of tweets that uh you could probably go back there and it'd be better than uh fedex field as a <laughs> joke um but
3: did like why is it still up like or why is it taking this long yeah i don't understand yeah i guess i mean the fire was probably the final nail in the coffin, I would think. For but the real questions day.
1: remain: How does something start fire? Also, heard the fire alarms electric, on when maybe. I saw it. I don't know. But then, why are they p- sending electric electricity to a place that is vacant? Is vacant? And then it kind of ev- makes it even more confusing. The electricity was definitely on because the fire alarms were on. And when they had the press conference with the DC fire and EMS chief, you could hear the fire alarm still going off in the background.
3: Yeah, I don't know. That it really doesn't make a lot of sense given that there are no active tenants. And uh, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, does a team like use it for office space or something? Like, I don't, I don't know. think I mean, so. I think
2: the last uh, team to use it was DC, DC
1: United, United, right? But they I mean, I know they use the they use the parking at RFK Stadium for events. Um, and I believe a few years ago they used the field. It, it might have been 2019, maybe been the last year, the year after DC United left for Shamrock Fest. Yeah. Um, and then they have like festivals outside in the parking lot because it's a big parking lot, obviously. I don't know.
2: But it is about time that it's finally demolished, even though it has so much history around it.
3: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just been sitting there empty. You know, there are much better uses for it, uh, whether it becomes another new stadium or the grounds are used for something else. You know, I'm sure D.C. could find a, a better use for it, you know, for for public use than just sitting there empty. All right, well, that'll do it for this segment of
1: the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car-buying experience by your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you if you don't like it. They'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll wrap things up on this Friday edition of the Sports Mix. We'll be back in two minutes. Oh, can
0: we forget?
2: If you love some delicious smoked barbecue but don't know where to go, then you're in luck. Smokin' Southern Barbecue has smoked ribs, chicken, pulled pork, and brisket all topped with some homemade barbecue sauce. Smokin' Southern Style Barbecue is located at 2142 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. They're open Tuesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Call them at 304-620-7651. So stop on into to Smokin' Southern Style Barbecue in Martinsburg.
0: You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV
1: 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for your Friday, July 8th. A segment sponsored in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson. And welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix brought to you in part by. The Marius Group and Price Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Price Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue. Spencer Puey, Nick Vert, Colin McLaughlin. Nick is on vacation. Got to get used to that for all of next week. And Avery Newport hanging out with us today as we wrap up this week. Uh, I will get to uh, the Capitals. The NHL draft began last night. They selected a Russian with their first pick, and I'm not even going to attempt to announce I Think it's Miro Shinachinko? That's what I'm going to go with, at least. With the 20th pick, I believe, they had last night.
3: Okay. Yeah, your guess is as good as mine. So. And I, I believe... don't know how that's going to fit on a jersey, <laughs> just saying. Yeah, I
1: don't know. I believe the draft is going on as we speak right yes. now. Uh, so this morning, they made a trade with the New Jersey Devils. They traded two 2022 draft picks to the Capitals for goalie Viatek Vanacek uh, they're sending the second round pick, the 37th pick, which the Capitals actually just selected defenseman Ryan Chesley. Uh, he ranked uh, Chris Peters, a NHL guy, he ranked him as the 22nd for his solid all-around play in the overall draft. So that's a steal at 37, like for
3: the 22nd
1: ranked. prospect? Yes, the 22nd total ranked prospect. Wow.
3: At what, got still at
1: 37, the 18 yeah. year old was part of the U.S. National Developmental Program and scored 29 points in 59 games <laughs> for the under 18 team last season. He's committed to play hockey at Minnesota, though. Uh, the Caps also received a third round pick, the 70th overall pick, and they sent. The restricted free agent and their 46th pick today, or the, their second round pick, the 46th, which is originally from Winnipeg. So one goalie is out of the picture, uh, but they still need a goalie because no goalies are under contract.
2: Just have to wait and see, but hopefully it's somebody that uh has the star caliber to get the Capitals past the first round of the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and uh, obviously a lot of things going on the NHL draft today and will continue, I believe, through the weekend. Um, but apparently this guy they selected at 20, Ivan, say it?
2: Uh, I think it was Verish and Chinkoff or something is what I went Chinko. With. Chinkoff? Chinko. Chinko. Yeah.
1: Apparently he's a real good player, but will he come over from Russia? Alex Ovechkin might have something to say about that. If so does come Will
3: they have his draft rights whenever he decides to to come back? Like to come to the states? Well, or? I don't know if he's going to come or not. I don't, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I would assume there's a good chance
1: he does. Uh, but he was hurt. Hmm. He, oh, I guess he has Hoskins lymphoma. Not no, he what? Has Hoskins lymphoma. That's well, pretty that's big. cancer. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty Jeez, big. He was wow. where, He was cleared by doctors to return to the ice in June. Hmm. So they felt. They apparently the Caps felt comfortable enough to draft him, which is kind of interesting. Hopefully, yeah, what a story. Sure.
3: I mean, if but he I mean, if if you were to, if to... he's,
1: I mean, that'd be amazing if he's able to yeah. recover and play in the NHL. A cancer
3: yeah. survivor playing in the NHL—that'd be a huge, huge uh, accomplishment yeah. for him. That'd be crazy. So, wow. yeah. Best of luck to him. Best yeah. of luck to him. Well,
1: Caps will be drafting more today and this weekend uh, before we finish the show. We—I t- think I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but the in the new MLB CBA, the commissioners allowed to make legacy picks, uh, and he well he did so today, and it was announced that. Uh, Albert Pujols of the Cardinals and Miguel Cabrera of the Tigers will participate in the 2022 All-Star Game. Uh, they're both, along with Hank Aaron, the only players to register 3,000 hits, 500 home runs, and 600 doubles in a career. Uh, so that's pretty amazing. Is Miggy hanging it up?
2: That's what Avery I and I know. were, we were talking, talking about earlier. I, we I don't don't know Pujols if is going to hang it, hanging up. it up this year, or not. But nonetheless, it both makes sense and. Even though maybe they're not having the best
3: season, I just this don't year like the fact that the All-Star commissioner. Person. Yeah, I don't like the commissioner gets. It's the still choosing. the right move. Yeah, no, I mean I it's
1: the like right the move. I think or... that's good. No, I mean he probably consults with people. But yeah. I'm saying I think this is the overall right move. It's a good direction for the All Star Game because you want to congratulate a guy
3: who's guys who've been great. Throughout Does it their take career. roster spots away from other that guys I potentially?
1: I don't know, but that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For Avery, Colin, I'm Spencer. Saying so long. We'll talk to you on Monday.